This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. It's the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket. TheTicketFM.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary with you. What's up, Rico? Hello. How's it going, man? It's going fantabulous. How are you? We're okay. We're hanging in there. You good? Your Cubs lost. They did lose. They've, they're they they're on a losing streak right now. Damn straight they are. They're not going to win at all. Woohoo! So congratulations to everybody who took the under. Victory. I told you guys to hammer the under. Never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen to Rico. Uh, I will remind you that his college football picks are 16 and 22. Never in doubt. Hey, I'm on my way back up. Had a great week. You are. And it is a good college football weekend. So looking ahead, here we go, Rico. Let's just uh, look ahead at some of the games that we might be able to pick this week. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda Vican Hotline, the Sarder Heyman Text Line, both those open for you guys the entire show today. There is a college football game tonight. Oh, who plays? It's actually a pretty good one. SMU and UCF. Ooh, wait a minute. It's actually a pretty good one. SMU. A future Big 12 member and SMU. And SMU. Who SMU, who is uh, two and two overall, going up against UCF, who is three and one overall. They are playing down in Orlando. Um, the Bounce House. The Bounce House. I forgot that it was called the Bounce House. So Dude, how about that? Some some stadiums, some arenas, some universities have the coolest names for Speaking their, play, for their like places nicknames. of games. Yes, Michigan State is the Woodshed. That's honestly pretty cool. I don't know when it became the Woodshed, but I like it. I thought it became the Woodshed. When Nebraska went there. Honestly, maybe. Did Nebraska make it the woodshed? I, maybe they made it up just for Nebraska. Like the woodshed, yeah, maybe. the big house, the horseshoe, or just the shoe. Who is SMU's coach now that they fire? Sonny, or they, no, Sonny Dykes Sonny, left. Sonny Dykes is at TCU yeah, now. I was going to say, Sonny Dykes isn't there. Um, I have no idea who they hired. I have no idea either. Maybe it was just an offense coordinator. Or Eric like Dickerson. That. They brought him back to be a coach. Oh, really? Is that right? SMU head coach. We'll, we'll figure this out. But either way, that game I think is, I saw is Rhett Lashley. Mm, yep, obviously. How could we forget? Where was he at? He, oh, that's Lashley. right. He was the offensive coordinator at Miami. Mm, yep. How could we forget Rhett Lashley? We couldn't. Um, once again, 402 464 5685. The Honda Vicken Hotline, the Starter Hammond Text Line. Both those are open for you. Speaking of stadiums and stadiums. Cool, cool places to play, we're going to rank today the Big Ten stadiums Ooh. later in the show. We're going to rank the Big Ten stadiums. I also want to get into uh, obviously Nebraska football. We, we broke down pretty deep Nebraska's offensive numbers yesterday. Uh, we can kind of go back into that if we decide to. Uh, Nebraska's total offense ranks, uh, I believe, 47th in the country. Um, total offense, 47th in the country, 5.9 yards per play, 437 yards per game as well. They are running on average a f- uh, 74 plays per game, and 43 of those are rushing plays. They're 67th in scoring offense, scoring 31 points per game as well. 
And you feel pretty decent about the offense as long as Nebraska's defense plays like they did against Indiana, right? Because you don't want to count that fumble, the the touchdown that they scored off the Chubb Purdy fumble against the defense. So really, the defense allowed 14 points over the weekend. And if they can back that up with a pretty strong performance on Friday night against Rutgers, then you're starting to really think that maybe this defense can take a step forward. And it's not... You're going to have to rely on your offense to, to win you a football game, obviously, oh, yes. but not as much if you're able to at least you don't have to be, get better. You don't have to be perfect on offense now that the defense is playing or at least has played up to a, a better level, a higher level, and, and I know it's one game. But honestly, everybody wants to talk about the second-half defense, and that was the best part mm-hmm. of the defense. But the first-half defense... You know, even with the two long drives to end the second quarter that, that, you know, tied the game up, the defense in the first half played really well. So yeah. if you can just get that first half defense despite the two touchdowns, even if you're if you allow two touchdowns a game, I mean, I'll take that well, if the offense is at the level that they that they are capable of playing at that we've seen multiple times. So if the offense can can, you know, hold up their end of the bargain mm-hmm. and the defense plays to a level that now we know they can play to, then you should feel pretty confident in Nebraska going up against this Rutgers team, who I know they're they, they only have one they have one loss, right? Against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They have the one loss against Ohio State, so they're four and one, but their four victories aren't really over powerhouses or 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 and i know you know nebraska lost to georgia southern come on rico but teams that you would be worried about nebraska losing to so rutgers is three and two on the year oh and two in the big 10 they're oh and two in the big 10 they started out three and oh again with wins against on the road at boston college uh 66 to 7 victory over wagner they beat temple 16 to 14 and now they've lost two in a row uh, against Iowa, twenty-seven to ten. Forget the Iowa game. Yeah, they played. They played Iowa at home. They lost that one, twenty-seven to ten. That was an anomaly because Iowa scored, scored. Iowa's defense scored twenty-seven points. Iowa's defense scored twice. They got an offensive yeah, touchdown, and they right. also got a special teams touchdown. I think uh, they got a lot. They got one offensive touchdown. A lot of non-offensive and, touchdowns. Yeah, so. so their one touchdown came from Williams on a uh, touchdown run. Spencer Petrus's stats in that game against Rutgers: eleven of seventeen, one hundred and forty-eight yards. That's it. Um, in that game, Simon, their uh, Rutgers quarterback, had two picks. Now, once again, Evan Simon, sophomore quarterback, expected to start on Friday night. Noah Vedral. Is battling an injury where I think it's a thumb injury. Is he he's, said. he said yesterday in the press conference that like it's getting better, but he's going to be a game time decision on on Friday night. Uh, so let's let's just kind of plan accordingly for Evan Simon, a sophomore quarterback, stands at six foot three, um, six hundred and forty passing yards, four touchdowns, and three picks, has a QBR of forty eight point two, so not that great either. Um, Spencer Petrus still has a QBR over 20, by the way. Or, excuse me, under 20 at 17.8. Look at him. That's elite right there at a Power 5 school. Uh, we have people on the text line. I'll just read a couple of them. Uh, Waterboy says, our defense played great and all, but let's not forget wide receiver one and two were out for Indiana. 
Yeah. That is true, but Nebraska was also starting a true freshman at corner who was going up, you know, his first real action in a, in a game, so he, you know, that still stuck. I, I mean, if you want to keep going back with I mean, if you want to think it's football, you want to keep going back with Oh, they were they were out wide receiver 1, wide receiver 2. Okay, well, st- it's next man up. That's what everybody says for Nebraska, it's what everybody says for every other team. All right, next man up. You know, these are they're, they're still division 1 power 5 football players. It doesn't matter if they're the third or the fourth string. They're still supremely talented athletes. They still had their 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 number one tight end and he put in some some pretty solid work like it's even if they were without wide receiver one wide receiver two it doesn't matter nebraska's defense stepped up to the task and stopped who was on the field i also i also just part to a to a certain extent i think you can point at every game and you can find a caveat to why somebody did what they did right um no, no, it's important to be realistic, obviously, right? I mean, it's we're important. not saying that they're going to be the best defense in the land, but we're saying that they took a – if you would have put the defense that Nebraska played against Georgia Southern out mm-hmm. there against Indiana without wide receiver one and wide receiver two, Indiana probably wins that game You're because the defense to... was, was atrocious in, in mm-hmm. the first three games, first four games of the season. But the defense took a step forward, a small step forward. I know, you know, wet blankets out here telling us to slow down. They took a step forward – and they did a really good job. Uh, and I if think, they can continue on that pace, not only I mean, not that pace, if they can just build upon what they did, which Mickey Joseph has said multiple times, you stack practices, you stack days, you stack games. If they can stack on that and and maybe get a little bit better, a smidge better, then I, I feel really good about this defense going up against a Rutgers offense that honestly isn't scary. I'll go back to what I've always said is like you can't control right now in the moment. Nebraska can't control who's on their schedule, right? Because after Rutgers, let's say Nebraska goes out and plays a, a pretty good game uh, in all in all areas of the uh, of the football game, especially defense, because that's the the side of the ball that's being criticized the most, and rightfully so. People are gonna. I mean, we're gonna have folks that that text in and call in and, and tweet at us that says, "Hey, listen, it's against Rutgers and in Indiana. We need to slow our roll." But right now, in the moment, Nebraska unfortunately can't control who they play. They play Rutgers on the schedule. It's not like they they can't control that they don't play a top 25 program right now or an undefeated program, right? And and let's be honest, for their sake, it's probably a good thing that they don't. Why? Because Mickey Joseph and, and company, the coaches especially, have talked about how they need to learn or how they need to uh, learn how to win, basically. And last weekend was step one, and now Friday presents step two. Or, or or opportunity number two, to show uh, show yourself, not even the fans, not the media, not even the coaches, yeah. show yourself that you know how to win, especially if it's a close game, right? We we went into that fourth quarter on Friday, excuse me, last Saturday, I believe it was twenty one to twenty one, but Nebraska's defense was playing well, and. There was some of us that were like, "Yeah, listen, like we, you know, it's it's a little bit of a of a, of a nervous feeling around the the football stadium right now because it's Nebraska play, trying to play in a close game, and then they were able to come out and with four minutes or so left in the ball game, I can tell you, I wasn't concerned, I wasn't worried about it, I wasn't like, all right, Nebraska, just just why? Because they had only allowed fourteen points defensively the entire game. Connor Bazelak also did not look good." No. Also, I mean, he looked like, like he has all season. He, he threw the ball a lot. He threw the ball a lot, and he completed half of them. So I, I think, w- once again, like we sit here and rightfully so, maybe criticize how poor this defense has played. However, 
Um, and I think it's okay to expect a Husker win on Friday based on how they played last Saturday and based on how you feel about this team. Not what you see necessarily, but how you feel about this team. Mm-hmm. Because there is a different feeling around the program, within the program, I should say, with the new guys in charge. And we, yes, we get to see what was put on social media. We get to see all of that. But not once did you ever see Trev Alberts in a locker room saying something like that. Not once did you see players chanting their coach's name like that. There's a feeling. And and call me, call us crazy because we're, we're sitting here five weeks into the season, right? For And saying this again because we, in all honesty, we were saying at the beginning of the season. It's true. We were as as much. I'm as not it, gonna hide. We, we got to put our foot in our mouths and be yeah, like, like, "Listen, man, yeah, we crow. did this. Yeah, exactly." I'm not gonna hide from it. I, so, I, I thought I thought this was gonna be a really good season. It turned out to be not the greatest start to the season. You lose your head coach, and you know you you get the doors blown off you by a team that might be you know at the f word as Nathan likes to say, a team yeah. that might be fraudulent. Uh, and then you come back and you, and you win a, a a good game against a team that might be good i don't know about indiana they they're they're improved from last year i can say that um so i'll I'll put my foot in my mouth i'll eat crow i'll 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 let you know that you know i was extremely excited for the season and it kind of went down the drain and i mean i'm still extremely excited with the new staff taking over and and the small small improvements that we saw Mm -hmm. defensively offensively uh against indiana i know wet blanket is saying that he still has some concerns about the offense and i mean i I I do too i do too uh, but at the same time i feel extremely confident in an offense that is averaging 31 points well and i I understand they got shut down by oklahoma who apparently can't stop a nosebleed now as they got mm. ran all over by by uh, Adrian Martinez in Kansas State and then steamrolled by TCU but but I will say this about those two teams that steamrolled Oklahoma they both had hyper athletic quarterbacks who were not afraid to run the ball I'm not saying Casey's afraid to run the ball but he does not run the ball to the same effectiveness as an Adrian Martinez mm. or a Max Duggan I'm not going to say that's yeah. the only reason that those teams won against Oklahoma's defense, but that is a major contributor. As you saw, both of those quarterbacks had huge touchdown runs against Oklahoma. Now, speaking to Nebraska's offense a little bit, um, Casey Thompson is banged up quite a bit. He, he's dealt with a lot. Calf contusions. He's dealt with some AC stuff in his shoulder. He, he's dealt with, uh, he even said yesterday in his press conference, a couple things that he's taken a couple hits in the jaw, and he's just kind of been... Um, <laughs> just kind of been banged up, right? And that's what happens when your offensive line is playing subpar. And that's one thing, right, where we're going to have to – if you're Chubba Purdy, you better be ready, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that to an extent here, um, that's why we're seeing Chubba Purdy in certain situations, in just random situations. Throw him in there. Uh, and and they'll never, run the option. They'll, they'll never point. come out and admit it, and maybe that's why we see Logan Smothers for certain packages, right? Because at any moment, especially well, just in football, any moment, but especially with this offensive line, that you're still trying to figure out all all the positions and and who's you know kind of the mixing and matching pieces of it with this offensive line and in football. Yeah, you never know when Casey Thompson might go down. Mm-hmm. As sad as it is to say, and and Nebraska fans are all too familiar with it in the last four years with Adrian Martinez. Now, I will also add this part: is it's telling of the recruiting 
and the the attention that's been paid to the offensive line. I do I think it fall all falls on Donovan, Donovan Raiola? No, I don't. Because Donovan Raiola just got here. He's doing what he can with what he was given. Now what now the future obviously is going to fall more and more on Donovan Raiola. But Donovan Raiola didn't recruit a lot of these guys. He had to maybe re-recruit them, but out of high school and out of the transfer portal, he did not recruit them. He brought in necessarily two. And one of them is hurt. One of them's hurt. Hunter Anthony looked decent on over he the weekend. Good. So here's the thing. And they're still going to be splitting time at that right tackle position. Mm-hmm. That's what Mickey said. So it'll be Bryce Benhart, Hunter Anthony splitting time at the right tackle position depending on what's going on in the game, I guess. So you have to, like, does it all fall on Hunter Anthony, or excuse me, Donovan Raiola? Absolutely not. Not in my opinion. Now, he's the offensive line coach, and it's his job to get them ready to play on Saturdays. Absolutely. However, it shows the lack of attention that the previous guys in the room had paid attention to the offensive line or their their feeling of we need to boost and, and continue to pad this offensive line so that why our quarterback doesn't get hurt. Over and over and over again, we saw Adrian Martinez, although he made a lot of mistakes, take a lot of big hits, right? Big hits. Um, because this offensive line barely gave him any time. Now, how many Casey, plays did he keep Casey alive Thompson, with his legs? Casey Thompson is more of a of an of a of a true passer, if you will. And now he's already banged up because he's staying in the pocket, right? Husker fans, what did we want last year out of Adrian Martinez? Stay in the pocket longer. Well, now you have that, <laughs> and now Casey Thompson's staying in the pocket too long, and he's getting banged up, and so. What's the common denominator there is that the offensive line is struggling and the quarterback is getting hit. So eventually, Nebraska as a program and and coaching staff, whoever's in position, will need to start paying more and more attention to the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot, if you want to go down the transfer portal road of quarterbacks, that's fine. But good luck getting guys here. When you when they turn around or when they look at your stats or, or you know you see previous seasons and Adrian Martinez had a broken jaw or a fractured jaw or whatever it was and got sacked however many times I think he was got sacked like twenty nine times twenty seven times a season and then you turn around and Casey Thompson his first year is already getting sacked quite a bit as well through the first five games and it's just one of those things where you can go to the transfer portal and get a, a top five transfer portal quarterback every season but if he's only good for five or six games doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter because then it depends on what depth you have behind him. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you just have to kind of um, sit back or take a step back, I should say, and realize that offensive line, does it fall on Donovan Raiola? Absolutely, because he is the coach. Does it all fall on Donovan Raiola? I, I would not say so because he is – he was – he's basically – Playing with the cards, he was he dealt. was he was gifted this offensive line, and he was asked to to, to do miracles. And then he lost his starting left guard for well, the season. And here's the thing: and then he lost his starting left tackle for the season. Before we get to break, Tyler makes a really good point on the text line. Once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. They recruited decent at the line spot based on some of the recruiting rankings. And absolutely, you would remember. I mean, Bryce Benhart was a high four star guy that was, Wisconsin and yep. a lot of other Big Ten programs wanted. Turner Corcoran was a top seventy. Recruiting rank or recruit uh, according to twenty four seven sports, I believe, out of Kansas. It was damn near a five star, and a lot of teams wanted him. A lot of Power Five programs wanted him. Like that's the thing, Tyler. You're absolutely right. According to recruiting rankings, it's they they've done well, and the the once again the disconnect has just been the development and the stability of that offensive line. 
So, um, all right, let's go ahead and get to break. When we come back, we'll uh, kind of we'll, we'll possibly rank Big Ten stadiums. Which ones you guys want to visit? Which one you want to to go to and watch a game at? We'll do that as well. Also, I think somebody, I believe we have a visitor from the shops at Piedmont to talk about Oktoberfest. I believe they are waiting for us, so we'll get to them as well at the break. And then also something we didn't get to yesterday, Joel Klatt said something along the lines uh, involving Wisconsin that kind of made my, my eyebrows raise and my ears perk up a little bit because it's an angle of this conversation when we talk about firing coaches and whether or not to to pay buyouts that I truly didn't think about. So we'll dive into all that throughout the course of the show. Um, no crossover today because Nathan is out of, the, uh, out of work today. So we're done um, with the crossover for today. So we'll go ahead and take a break. We'll come back to the happy hour on the ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.